It's time for Girls in Golf Podcast with your favorite hosts, Lex and Sarah. Ladies, when you're ready. Welcome to Girls in Golf, part of the Callaway Podcast Network. I'm Lex, joined by Sarah, as always. And today we have a super special guest. Her name is Olivia Herrick. She runs her own graphic design business. And a couple years ago, you might have seen her work on our special edition head covers that we did for the Masters, little little tournament, if you've ever heard of it. Olivia, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, happy to see that you're, you know, safe and healthy in such like a weird time. Tell where are you quarantining? You're at home, obviously. And how has this time been for you? So I'm actually in my office, which is kind of funny. It's um, I we just got out of our quarantine stay at home order today. So this is the first day that I have been back. And I actually spent the past um, 47 days working in our little camper. We actually put it in our driveway so that I could just have a space to work. My husband was home. Um, my daughter was home. So it was just a little too much with everyone in the house at the same time. So I was in this little 13 foot box for almost, you know, two and a half or a month and a half. So it was fun, but I'm very happy to be back in my space and back to the studio. Yeah, I bet a lot of people can relate to that, right? And especially as a creative person, you know, Sarah and I both work in video and design. Having your own space is kind of crucial sometimes to getting things done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the work that I do, too, I do a lot of packaging and I have a lot of sampling around at all times. And so I had like paper and boxes and prototypes and everything was just kind of all over the place. So it feels very good to be back in a spot where um, I have more control over the space. But at the same time, I'm very glad that we did, you know, everyone kind of hunkered down for a while and um, we're in Minnesota and now, you know, our governor has done an amazing job of just managing this whole time of a lot of uncertainty. So I'm grateful for what we did, but I'm also excited for the future. Yeah, so you're obviously, you know, like I've said, you're in design now, but you have a long history with golf. Where did that start for you? Were you playing really, really young? I know you played through college. What's that journey been like? Golf has been a big part of my life for a long time. Actually, one of my earliest real memories of golf was actually getting a cutoff set of men's like big Bertha irons when I was a kid. Um, I remember my dad surprising me with them, but I've been playing golf for a long time. It's been a part of my life since I was born. Seriously, competitively, I mean, probably not till I was around 10, 12, 14, somewhere in that range. So it was always kind of one of those things where, you know, my dad would bribe me to come out with like a Snickers bar and ride around in the car. And I think it had more to do with him wanting to play golf than with me wanting to play golf. And then at some point there, I really got passionate about it. And I joke all the time. I say constantly, like every time I'm watching the golf channel or network coverage of golf and they play one of those like inspirational PGA tour commercials, I'm always like, oh, we play the best sport. And so reflecting on, you know, my career and the last 30 years of loving golf, I truly feel like it is the greatest sport. Like it is, it's so fun to have the sport that is your passion be something that you can pursue for the rest of your life. Like, I'm so glad that I'm not like, oh, 
going to have to hang up the cleats here pretty soon. You know, it's like I can really enjoy this for the future. So you're big into golf and then you're also big into design because you obviously have your own design business. Um, where did your passion for design stem from and what made you choose that career as, as a path? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually, it's kind of funny because golf is entirely my dad and design is entirely my mom. So my mom is incredible. She's the most amazing, creative person I've ever met. And she was a designer before they kind of really used that term. So she was an art director and always just really set this sort of beautiful visual tone for our lives. Like she was making real life physical Pinterest boards like before that was a thing. You know what I mean? She had color palettes everywhere. And so she really guided the artistic side of my personality. And I would say probably when I was around uh, really young, like 14 or 15, I started designing, you know, logos in PowerPoint and we would like drive by the laundromat or a local restaurant and I would literally I can remember being like I think I can I think I can do better you know I can't drive yet I'm like messing around in PowerPoint but that's when it really started and then I knew that that's what I wanted to pursue for so for school I was really managing um, offers for golf and also really considering the design programs because it was really important to me to Go, I really wanted to play golf. That was a big priority for me. But I also was 100% sure that I wanted to pursue design. So try to pick a place that was great for both. And I ended up at Drake University in Des Moines. So how did you balance your time in between a design, um, a design degree and then also being on the, on the college golf team? It was hard. I honestly, it's funny that you asked this because just about a week ago, I read through, I used to be a really avid journaler. And so I read through like my sophomore year of high school through college graduation. And I honestly don't know. Like, I think that most college kids have a really good, you know, ability to prioritize and multitask and you're and you're probably not sleeping very much because you're just running on this young youth adrenaline. Um, but I think I always have been someone who likes to have a lot going on. I used to think that that was just because I was in high school, then because I was just in college, then because I was like, oh, I'm in my early 20s. That's just what you do. And now I'm still the same way. And I'm 31. So I think it's just my personality um, to have a lot of irons in the fire. And that has prove true as I've grown up and golf has still stayed a part of my life. I just like to have, I'm so competitive. I like to have it as an outlet too. So to kind of compartmentalize like, okay, that part of my personality can all go into, into golf and into competing. Did any of your problems? Go ahead, Lex. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, like obviously being in golf is, it's a pretty competitive sport. A lot of people play it for fun and whatnot, but Taking like taking that competitive drive, how do you channel that into a career? That's a great question. And it it is a competitive sport. It's an interesting sport because you well, like anything you do competitively, you lose a lot. Like if you compete often, you are going to be comfortable with failing. And just inherently as a game, um, 
you know, you play around and the odds are you probably only execute maybe like one or two shots exactly as you imagined and around. And so I feel like that has kind of led to some of my business values as well. Like I'm very much a go with the flow kind of person. I am comfortable with things going wrong and I I can acknowledge that they always will. And the competitive side, you know, I think it just kind of drives my general desire to do things well. Um, I like that I mostly in my business, I'm competing with myself. Like I'm trying to do the best possible work for my clients and I'm not really trying to, you know, take down any other designers. So it's nice to be able to just have that competitive energy and pour it kind of inward professionally. What type of clients do you usually um, reach out to or want to work with? Obviously you worked with us and I saw you also worked with um, another, what was it, a a golf course on your portfolio? Um, Is that kind of the area you want to design for? I have done a lot of work in the golf industry and I really enjoy it. Um, I have done a lot of work for Sand Valley um, and the, the whole golf resort in Wisconsin. And I would say that our clients are extremely diverse. Like we do not industry niche at all. So, uh, you know, a lot of designers nowadays will really try to like narrow in on the exact people that they're serving. And we kind of, and when I say we, I mean me and my studio manager. So I'm the designer who does everything. And she um, is the administrative brains that keeps everything moving, everything from contracts to file naming. She's incredible. Um, But I just found that I know what I like to do. I like to do logos, print, packaging, but I love everyone. Like I couldn't possibly, you know, I love working with men and women and established brands and new brands. And so it's hard for me to kind of say like, oh, only wellness brands or something like that. Cause it just, it did not fit. Um, and maybe that has something to do with my personality, but so I would say a really diverse group of clients. I do love working in the golf industry just because obviously I've, I'm so familiar with it. It's such a huge part of my life that I feel exceedingly comfortable in this space and so that makes those projects extra enjoyable for sure what's like a dream project that you do have like in the golf industry you know I worked at I had the pleasure of working a couple U.S. Opens I took home posters from both of them and they're really unique is there something that you can think of that you'd love to do well I have to be honest the head covers with you guys were pretty close to the top. Actually, I think that it exceeded any dream I could have ever even had in the golf space. What's well, really funny about that whole that whole project too is that um, when Callaway reached out, they didn't actually know that I played golf, which is just kind of an extra fun layer of delight. But like to have it be the Masters, to have it be my favorite golf brand to have Tiger win, like it was absolutely a dream come true. But I would say that I love working on course logos. I love identity design for courses. Um, It has a really, there's so many fun challenges with it. You can't just, you know, there has to perform in so many different categories and so many different scales. You're talking about from imprinted on the top of a T to on a scorecard to signage. So it, 
there are a lot of really fun challenges and there's also generally a lot of stakeholders and I love meeting people, working with teams of people and just kind of becoming a part of the team myself. And so I have really enjoyed that process um, as I have done it for a few courses. For like for your business when you're starting out, did you ever envision that did you always envision having your own company? I did not. For I definitely did not. When I graduated from college, this has really changed in the last 10 years. So I graduated 10 years ago, actually two days ago. So kind of a fun, that's crazy, time flies. But <laughs> no one really wanted to do their own thing. Like we all wanted to go work for an agency or a boutique agency. And I, I mean, literally no one in my class, I didn't have a huge class, but no one wanted to graduate and run their own business. Like we all wanted to go work for some super cool agency and that's just what everybody wanted. So I, it was kind of in the back of my head a little bit, um, but I worked for six years and full time and those years, like I could, I could never do what I'm doing now if I hadn't done that. I learned so much I went to design school, but then I actually learned how to design in real life after school. And so it wasn't something that I set out to do, but now it feels very right and like a really good fit for my personality. I actually relate to what you just said to that because when I graduated, I graduated 2014 from, um, with a design degree. And my class was very similar too. of like, everyone wanted to work for like a top agency and be super creative. And that was like, it was either that or nothing. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like a, a false hope, I guess. Cause like, that's not the only career you can do. Right. And that's just kind of like, was what everyone thought we could do where like, you can also work corporate, which is what I do now. And I never thought I'd be working corporate or you can start your own business, which is what you do. Um, so what was the moment that you realized, Hey, I want to, I want to start my own business and this is why. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I also think that kind of to touch on what you said, just in this current era of like entrepreneurial spirit, everyone is like doing their own thing. I think a lot of people really knock, like I was an in-house designer for two of my jobs and I loved it. It was like the greatest job. First of all, you're like surrounded with awesome, you know, colleagues and it's just so cool to be part of a family of a business. Um, but anyway, so moving on, I think that I started to get more inquiries for client work while I was at a full-time job. And I found myself being like, Ooh, that sounds fun. Like, Ooh, I want to do that project. But I just was maxed out. I couldn't work anymore. And so I started to feel like, okay, there are these opportunities that I'm interested in, but I can't keep, you know, working from five to seven, going to work, coming home, working from five to 10. Again, it was just too much. And so I had to kind of try to figure out a way to, you know, delicately leave my job that I loved um, and build up enough clients on the back end to be able to leave without totally going crazy. So I did that for the first time in 2015. And then I actually ended up going back to work for a client. They recruited me to come work for them. And I stayed there for another year so I've kind of had two studio launches, essentially, over the years. 
you've done a really good job of, you know, having a consistent brand for yourself. I feel like it's, you know, you have a really great sense of color palettes and all these things. And I, as a video editor and, you know, like in media, didn't really know a lot about branding until I became friends with Sarah. So what, how do you like start that? If somebody's thinking of like branding something, where do you begin and how do you establish that consistency? Yeah, the consistency is difficult. I think also it's important to, and this is going to sound a little backwards coming from a designer, but like you need to understand your actual brand before you can get into the weeds with the visual stuff because your your the visual stuff matters a lot, like a ton, especially if you're going to be online. You know, there's obviously a lot of categories where it's everything. And I do a lot of packaging work and that matters so much on shelf, but backing up, you really need to understand like who you are as a business, what your values are, your vision, who your consumer is. And once you have that in place, then you can start to think about what that person wants to see. And that's a difficult discipline for a lot of business owners because sometimes they have a hard time separating what they want to see with what their ideal customer wants to see. And it's really important to just kind of sit with it and think, okay, this brand exists for me, you know, it's my business, but what do the people who I'm selling to or serving actually want to see? And then you can make your design decisions with that in mind. What are your business values? Uh, Absolutely. Transparency is probably the number one. Honesty, transparency. We really... Like my number one thing is I want to make the process as easy as possible for you. Like peace of mind. When you work with me, you know that it's going to be done right. It's going to be done ethically. It's going to be fair and honest. And you can just trust us to do it all for you. Basically, the design process is really stressful. Everything from like that beginning stage that I just mentioned to prepping files for print. And there's a lot of steps that go into everything. And so generally at the core of my business is the sense of trust and transparency and yeah, just like a deep appreciation for my clients that kind of manifests itself in everything that we do. So I'm curious, you say you do a lot of packaging and then obviously you're excellent at brand design. Um, What made you choose more of the print side of design over digital design? I found that I just didn't, I guess it's kind of like a chicken egg scenario. Like the work just kept coming. I think if maybe if in like 2012, I would have started getting a lot of, you know, inquiries for web design, I would have maybe been like, okay, I really need to focus on this. And I graduated knowing how to do a decent amount of like coding. And that has all changed so much in the last 10 years too. Like I could probably design a website tomorrow if I needed to. Um, but I think it was just a combination of demand, like literally what the market was asking of me. And then also where my passions are, um, and where I feel the most fluid and comfortable. And now I have that flexibility. Like I used to probably five years ago, four years ago, I would do way more digital stuff, like tons of templates and emails and stuff like that. But as I have had increased demand, which I'm just so lucky to have, I've been able to be more choosy and kind of like narrowing that window. 
And it's not to say that I don't do some digital stuff, but I definitely am mostly in visual branding, packaging, and print. Really cool. And you're also, um, you mentioned before we were recording that you are on the golf association, or you're on the board for the Golf Association of Minnesota, or the executive yeah. committee. Yes, I'm on, is- I'm on both. So it's a little, okay, cool. they're all kind of the same thing. <laughs> so what does that look like? And what are you guys considering for, you know, like, bringing golf back in full? Yeah, it's, it is really fun to be a part of. First of all, I, you know, obviously we have, it's very clear that I love golf. Like it's, I'm, I think it's the greatest sport. I am so committed to it from junior golf to our senior tour. And I, so that's kind of how I got involved, obviously just being in touch with them. Our association is amazing. They run all of our men's and women's events, tons of junior events, senior events, um, manage all the handicaps in the state, et cetera. And it's a little unclear right now what's going to happen. I mean, there there have been a lot of scenarios played out, and obviously the USJ has done an, an amazing job. They are going to kind of be the leading voice for a lot of things, you know, across the country as far as tournaments go. But it, it's funny timing with sort of like the flag being left in rule change that there are a lot of things that we can do that – will mitigate any touching of anything that really needs to happen. And so I think the challenge will be two things, figuring out a way to have people compete safely because the demand is there. People want to play golf. First of all, they want to do anything right now. They want to get out of their houses and the demand for tournaments is still there. And also, so we want to kind of honor that, but do it safely because people need to have peace of mind and know that if they come to an event, they are going to be safe and we will have kind of thought through every potential scenario that could arise. So, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier that our stay at home was just lifted. So at this point, it's still groups of 10 and that obviously rules out a lot of larger tournament scenarios but also you know it could be something as simple as there are no award ceremonies like there are no buffets at the end of everything you know it's like it would be sad because that's where a lot of relationships and kind of the more social side of things happens but I think people would just be happy to be able to compete so time will tell I mean things have changed of two months ago I could have never dreamed this whole scenario would happen so it's hard to even imagine what July is going to be like. Yeah. And no kidding. And also for you, I mean, you're, you're a successful woman, you're a mom, you're, you know, you're in golf, you're in design. What does like the women's golf community, when you look at that, what hopes do you have for it, you know, going into this year and seeing the local involvement that you do have? Do you have a big group of women golfers? We talk about it all the time. Like, it's really important to get women into golf because it's such a cool thing. It totally is. And our state is awesome. We have such amazing women here and we have a really involved group. But even at that, it's extremely small. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of younger girls. Now I'm like, I'm old. I'm putting myself in the, I mean, I'm a mid-am. So that's a, once you hit mid-am, you're kind of like 25 to 90, right? It's like the whole, you're either in college or you're not. Um, And we have a great group. 
but people like their life just goes on. Not a lot of people keep playing golf after college and even fewer keep playing golf after competitively after like 30 or even at all. It's funny because after I had a baby, I was like, oh my gosh, it takes like a hundred hours to play golf. How did I ever do this before? Like I would go and play 36 on a Saturday and now my husband will go play and I'll be like, that took seven hours. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what, what happened? He's like, the same thing as ever. I drive there, I warm up, I play. So um, it has, it's been a fun challenge to keep it in my life. But I do have a few good friends um, who I play with. And I think for me, my dream and, and hope would be that more women my age would see that there are a lot of opportunities and it's not just competitive golf. Like my life is definitely in the competitive side of things, but you know, we belong to a country club and there are a lot of women who are my age who play, but they're just really intimidated by, Oh, I could never sign up even for a scramble because it just feels like too much pressure. And I, you know, have kind of made it my mission to be like, no, come play. Like it is, we're all in it together no one has it together in golf and way more than golfing when you're on the course is the opportunity to be with someone else for four or five hours and have meaningful conversation and build friendships and relationships i mean some of the women who are my closest friends now well certainly my best friends are my college teammates but girls i played junior golf without like 12 years old I still text you know once a week so it's like a lifelong thing and I hope that just over time and as things move on in the next kind of 20 years that women in my age bracket will just see that it's a really great opportunity to cross off a lot of things like alone time if you have a family like alone time time outside fitness you can kind of like check all the boxes and so yeah, that's kind of, that would be my hope that, that it feels more accessible. So in your opinion, um, and in terms of design, how can we redesign the idea of golf to make it more approachable and more interesting to try to bring in more women? That's a great question. I think that there are a lot of, uh, kind of like generalizations about golf, like that it's stuffy, it's not approachable, it's um, expensive, it's unattainable. You are either really good or you don't go near the course because like you only stay at the driving range. And so I think that there, what probably needs to happen is people like all of us need to just keep doing the work that we're doing to invite people to come play, invite them to the course, um, do what we can with what we have to volunteer and show and try to volunteer at junior events or other events. And even if I'm just like a marshal and just show that they're like, you can grow up and still play golf. And it is hard though. Like it really is hard. It's a difficult thing to try to teach someone who is a little bit older like me to have a new hobby like the time available for competing priorities once you hit 25 is like really low between having a career and just like trying to have some free time in your life so I also think that they're just generally golf is feeling younger to me um, I think they're like literally everything from apparel to the way that we're being marketed to it's definitely 
feels like there has been a culture shift and we kind of like taken the game back from the 75 year old man at the country club, you know, like everything from the way that Nike does their athleisure apparel for golf to the way that you guys have looped in like so many incredible like content creators and done these awesome promotions where you're pulling people into golf that are either like celebrities or pop culture and it just brings in different worlds together to show that golf is not like its own elitist little category off on the side um it's really for everyone you also do a lot of like inspirational things i mean what you just said was like pretty pretty inspirational for how we can you know like improve the way that we talk about golf and what we're already doing why do you think it's important to have that kind of part of like of marketing or of a brand of like this aspirational kind of thing? And people are really touching on emotions a lot these days, right? Like everyone's mm-hmm. mental state and whatnot. So why do you think that's important? Well, from a general brand standpoint, like most brands are selling more than a product. They're selling like a lifestyle. They're selling something aspirational you know like I don't buy the baby soap because it's the best soap necessarily I'm buying it because like oh in their marketing this family has it all together and their house is like beautiful wooden and linen and so you're really telling like a whole brand story but I think that generally you know I touch on emotion a lot. I think it's just a natural way to connect with people. And I think that from a women's golf perspective, like I would be so curious to even in Minnesota to just reach out and be like, do you feel like you don't belong here? And I guarantee you a lot of people will be like, yes, like I feel like such a fraud. Um, I don't have the right clothes. I don't know how to stand right. I don't have the right bag. Like my shoes aren't dirty. You know, it's just like funny things where, I think most people really want to hear that someone else feels the same way that they do. And so that manifests itself in my work a lot because they're kind of like a lot of my work is like a love letter to myself, sort of of like things that I know I need to hear. And oftentimes other people need to hear too. And so, yeah, I'd be curious from a golf perspective of like, what do women need to hear to get them closer to the game? You know? Mhm. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Like how do you make people feel like they belong mm-hmm. in in something that they do feel so intimidated by? And for us, what we can try to do is make a space for them to come to and have the right, you know, club so that maybe at least you feel like you're prepared mm-hmm. as much as you can be. Totally. And you guys do such a good job of that. Like there are so, I mean, yeah, I, I literally played exclusively Callaway clubs since I was 10. So, like, a long-time fan here. Well, thank but you. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily play women's clubs anymore, but, like, you can have an, the most incredible set, and if you get fit or you just spend some time researching on your website, like, okay, this is who I am, this is kind of where I'm at, you can get a set that's like gonna make you better literally just by using the right clubs. So maybe you do need hybrids down to your five iron or six iron or seven iron or whatever it might be. But I think that a lot of people, obviously equipment's like a whole different category and having the right equipment matters so much. But 
I just think it's so neat how you guys have spent time intentionally creating products for women to meet them where they're at and to make them better players, which honestly is what we're all looking for. Let's be honest. What's your favorite part of your bag? Oh, that's a great question. I love my putter. I have an XO, although I also have, I have, I have a few putters. I really, I'm only kind of a, I'm definitely not like a putter person. You know, some people are like, oh, I'm rotating between through these like eight putters. Yeah. Um, um, but I love, uh, that's a great question. Love my wedges. Have some Mac Daddy fours. Love my driver. I still have a sub zero row. So I probably need to like come back to the new <laughs> off. Okay. So I took one year off. Um, I love everything. I love short game. I think that that was like a huge turning point for me in college where I really realized, okay, I need to practice my short game. Like when I spend time working on my short game, I hit it better because I'm less worried about being able to get up and down. So it's just like takes having your short game tuned up takes so much pressure off of your long game because you are like, I can just fall back on. I can get up and down from anywhere. So yeah, I don't know. I love everything. What's something you're going to tell your daughter as she's growing up about, you know, whether it's about the game of golf or just about, you know, like really owning how she like goes into the world starting, you started a business, you have these examples. How is that going to continue as she grows up? That's a, that is a good and big question. And honestly, she's so young. I haven't thought about it too much, but I think that my goal for her will be to just, um, lead by example and show her that, you know, I, my dad, my dad and mom are both amazing, but my dad loves sports. So we were playing a sport a season. That was like our thing growing up. And I am just so passionate about athletics, obviously, whatever she's interested in, you know, maybe she'll want to be a designer, have no interest in sports. And that's, she could do literally anything under the moon. But I, think that there's something really beautiful about being active and using your body and having a hobby, um, especially when you grow up and it's something that you are passionate about outside of your working life and something that you don't monetize, something that you literally just do because you love it. And that's the only reason. Um, So I think I'll try to show her that. And also I had so many amazing female role models growing up, like in and outside of my family, teachers, friends, Um, and I, I still, I have so many women in my life now that are just like the coolest, you know, they just are doing amazing things, being self-confident. And so I'll try to surround her with other people because we all know that it's easier to hear from somebody other than your mom too. Right. Especially when you're like 12 to 17 ish. So (laughs) I'll probably just, but I do really hope she loves golf because it would be tough for me if she really did not like the game. Yeah. Last question before we let you go. Is there someone, a woman in golf that you idolized when you were growing up? That's a great question. And it definitely goes back to my involvement in golf in Minnesota. There were three specific women, um, Brenda Williams, I'll name them exactly, Lee Classy and Claudia Pilot. And they were like the kind of mid-am women when I was young and growing up and they were contending in all these events. So I was like in high school or even in college, you know, practicing 
whatever, sometimes in the summer, I practice like six hours a day. And here are these women that had careers, families, and yet they were showing up at these events and they were in contention. And outside of that, they were extremely kind, welcoming, nice. Um, so they, you know, it's close to home, but they were people who totally paved the way for me. I was like, I want to grow up and I want to be like that. I want to be good at golf. But more importantly, I want to be a good person who makes other people feel like they belong in this space. And so they were definitely my idols. Still are. That's, yeah, that's so cool. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. If people don't follow you already, what are your Instagram, Twitter? Where can they find you at? Okay, so you can find me on, not on Twitter yet, maybe in the future. Maybe um, but I am at, on Instagram at Olivia Herrick design and the same for my website oliviaherrickdesign.com super cool well hopefully you know hopefully soon we'll get you out for a new driver and some new fun stuff um maybe even another cool project if you haven't seen the head covers check them out they're around on the internet you can find them um thank you so much for joining us next week I don't think we've nailed down our guest for next week, Sarah, but we'll find somebody to be on our virtual podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week on Girls and Golf.